0: Welcome to Five at Eight. I'm Mark Overman, and I'm here with Linda Carlisle on Saturday, December 30th, 2023. Here's the day's top news. In this episode, we will talk about Russia's massive wave of missile strikes on Ukrainian cities, Nigeria's cost of living crisis, China's struggling economy, the upcoming elections targeted by bad actors, and the pro-democracy activist from Hong Kong seeking asylum in the UK. Story number one. Russia has launched a massive wave of missile strikes on Ukrainian cities, including the capital, in one of the biggest attacks since the start of the war, as reported by The Guardian. Poland reported an airspace incursion by a Russian missile. At least 30 civilians were killed and 160 injured in the strikes, which targeted residential buildings, a shopping center, and a maternity hospital. The Ukrainian Air Force said Russia used hypersonic, cruise, and ballistic missiles, with only a few ballistic missiles being intercepted. Ukrainian officials called for further support from the West, and hours after the attack, Britain announced it was sending air defense missiles to Ukraine. The attacks come after Ukraine's military destroyed a Russian warship, prompting conflicting reports about Vladimir Putin's plans for ceasefire talks. Could this be a turning point, Linda? It's disheartening to see the escalation of the Russian-Ukrainian conflict with these massive missile strikes on Ukrainian cities. And it's not just Ukraine feeling the ripple effects. Even Poland's airspace was breached.
1: Yes, Mark. It certainly marks a significant escalation, doesn't it? The incursion into Poland's airspace signifies how far-reaching the impacts of this conflict could potentially be. The region's security dynamics are shifting dramatically. And it's increasingly a concern not just for Ukraine, but for Europe and beyond.
0: Definitely, Linda. It's a stark reminder that regional conflicts often don't stay regional for long. They can escalate into broader wars, affecting international geopolitics. It's like we're seeing history repeat itself with this situation.
1: That's a valid point, Mark. We've seen it happen before in other parts of the world. These situations tend to have direct and indirect impacts on international relations, alliances, and human security. It's easy to focus on the military aspect, but the human cost is immeasurable.
0: Oh, couldn't agree more, Linda. And it raises crucial questions about collective defense measures. I mean, look at NATO's role in this. It's a test for international law and the concept of collective security.
1: And let's not forget the global responses with regards to humanitarian aid and peace and security assurances. The international community needs to step up not just in terms of military support but ensuring the well-being of the affected civilians too it's complex multi-layered and there's a lot at stake um
0: story number two according to al jazeera nigeria is currently facing a cost of living crisis that is putting a damper on the usual december festivities the rising cost of living and high inflation rates have compelled numerous nigerians to scale back on entertainment and social activities The economic downturn, worsened by policies implemented by President Bola Tenubu, has resulted in record inflation and a decrease in disposable income. Consequently, many individuals are choosing to stay at home and cook instead of attending concerts and parties. Additionally, ticket prices for events have surged, rendering them unaffordable for many. These economic challenges are impacting the services sector and raising concerns about the future of Nigeria's economy. So, this economic downturn in Nigeria is really hitting hard. It's not just about the statistics, the inflation rates and all. It's about how it's affecting people's lives, their culture, their fun. Dedi December festivities, a tradition that has been a major source of revenue for the music industry, is taking a major hit. It's a bit like canceling Christmas, isn't it?
1: It's a stark reminder of how economic crises don't just impact numbers on a page, but deeply affect societal norms and practices. The economic crisis is fundamentally altering how Nigerians celebrate the end of the year. These festivities, usually filled with concerts and parties, are being replaced with quieter at-home gatherings due to skyrocketing costs.
0: Yeah, and it's not just the parties and concerts. Even the tradition of cooking rice at home, as they say, is becoming unaffordable for many. It's a tough time, and it's worrying to see that the policy measures that were implemented to improve the economy, like floating the currency and removing fuel subsidies, seem to have backfired.
1: Yes. And it's not just about the immediate effects. I can't help but think about the long-term implications. What does this mean for the thriving Nigerian entertainment industry? How are these cultural shifts going to affect the lifeblood of the economy? And most importantly, what does this mean for the people? especially those already living in poverty.
0: You're spot on, Linda. It's like a domino effect, isn't it? The economic crisis affects the culture, which, in turn, impacts the entertainment industry. And let's not forget, this industry contributes more than $2.0 billion in annual revenue. That's no small change. And if that takes a hit, it's just going to worsen the economic situation.
1: It's a vicious cycle. The situation is a stark reminder of the interconnected nature of our world, how economic policies can have far-reaching effects beyond the realm of finance and business, affecting societal norms, culture, and even individual lives.
0: Story number three. China's economy has struggled this year, leading to a decline in global stocks and oil prices. According to CNN, the country's blue-chip CSI 300 index and Hong Kong's Hang Seng index have both experienced significant drops while the MSCI World Index, S&P 500 Index, Stock 600 Index, and India's Sensex Index have all seen gains. China's economic challenges include a real estate crisis, weak consumer spending, high youth unemployment, and foreign companies leaving the country due to increased scrutiny. The International Monetary Fund predicts, as reported by CNN, that China's growth rate will decline in the coming years. These economic struggles have contributed to falling oil prices with Brent and West Texas intermediate crude both experiencing declines. The United States record oil production has also played a role in driving down prices. Despite efforts by OPEC Plus to cut supply and boost prices, they have continued to fall. Do you think, Linda, that China's economic slowdown is a pretty big deal, huh? I mean, we're not just talking about a minor blip on the radar here. It's like a domino effect that's starting to send ripples across global markets.
1: The Chinese economy has a significant influence on global economics. Its underperforming stock market, coupled with struggles in domestic sectors like real estate and consumer spending, and the government's tightened regulatory scrutiny, are indeed causing international concern.
0: Sure thing, but on the other hand, we've got the U.S., Europe, and India doing pretty well, right? It's like they're throwing a party and China wasn't invited.
1: That's one way to put it, Mark. These regions have indeed shown resilience and growth. But it's important to remember that economies are interconnected. So, even if certain markets are thriving, a slowdown in a major economy like China's can still have a ripple effect.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And this whole situation is also affecting oil prices, right? China being the world's largest oil importer and all.
1: Right, Mark. Signs of weakening demand in China have triggered sell-offs by investors, contributing to a decline in oil prices. U.S. oil production levels have also played a major role.
0: So what's the long-term outlook here? Are we looking at a temporary hiccup for China or something more long-lasting?
1: Well, the International Monetary Fund projects China's growth rate to gradually decline over the next few years. It's a complex situation with many contributing factors, like weak productivity, an aging population, and regulatory issues. So it's safe to say the country faces some significant challenges ahead.
0: Mmm, I see. And I guess the global community, especially international companies and investors, are keeping an eye on these developments.
1: Definitely, Mark. Economic shifts in major economies like China can have significant implications globally. Companies are reevaluating their strategies in response to these changes, which underscores the interconnectedness of our global economy.
0: Yeah, it's a reminder that we're all in this together, for better or worse. Thanks for the insights, Linda.
1: You're welcome, Mark. It's always a pleasure to delve into these complex topics with you.
0: Story number four The upcoming elections in 2024 are expected to be targeted by bad actors seeking to disrupt democracy. According to NPR, a recent operation discovered thousands of fake Facebook accounts operated from China, copying and pasting posts from Twitter onto Facebook. These accounts targeted American politicians and covered divisive topics. While the operation was unsuccessful, it serves as a preview of the threats to come in 2024. State-backed campaigns from countries like Russia, Iran, and China are increasingly engaging in foreign influence operations to promote their interests and exacerbate divisions. Far-right movements, geopolitical tensions, and the prevalence of social media as an information source further contribute to the perfect storm of election threats. Tech companies, civil society groups, and government officials, as reported by NPR, are concerned about the convergence of domestic and foreign disinformation tactics, including unfounded allegations of election fraud. Trust in the electoral process is crucial, and its erosion could have serious consequences. Good grief, Linda. This news about the disinformation campaigns is really something, isn't it? It's concerning to see how these foreign actors are not only meddling in our elections, but also exploiting the existing social and political divisions in the United States. It's a reminder of how interconnected our world is and not always in a good way.
1: It's quite a complex issue. These disinformation campaigns are not just a few bad actors causing havoc. They're state-backed operations with significant resources. And it's not just about spreading false information, but also about amplifying existing narratives, which can be just as damaging. It's a form of psychological warfare, really.
0: It's like they're using our own content against us. And that's part of what makes this so challenging. They're not coming up with something entirely new. They're exploiting what's already out there. And the Internet, as you know, is a treasure trove of content for them to use.
1: That's true, Mark. And what's even more concerning is the fact that domestic actors are sometimes inadvertently playing into their hands they're picking up these false narratives and spreading them further perhaps without even realizing they're part of a foreign influence operation it shows how these domestic and foreign elements are not separate but rather intertwined
0: yeah and of course we've got to talk about the role of social media platforms in all this i mean kudos to meta for cracking down on these fake accounts But it does raise questions about the role these platforms are playing in enabling these disinformation campaigns in the first place. It's a double-edged sword, really.
1: While these platforms have certainly become more proactive in addressing these issues, it's clear they're still grappling with how to effectively manage this. And let's not forget the impact this has on the public's trust in our democratic processes. If people lose faith in the integrity of our elections, that's a serious problem.
0: The trust in our democratic process is the bedrock of our society. If we lose that, we're in real trouble. We've got to be vigilant and proactive in fighting these disinformation campaigns, both at home and abroad. Story number five. Tony Chung, a pro-democracy activist from Hong Kong, has fled to the UK and claimed asylum after experiencing surveillance and pressure following his release from prison, as reported by The Guardian. Chung one of the youngest people to be jailed under Hong Kong's national security law, was required to meet regularly with national security police and abide by certain conditions. He was offered a short holiday to Japan, but instead boarded a flight to London. Chung stated that the surveillance and pressure had a severe impact on his physical and mental well-being. The Hong Kong authorities have issued a recall order for him and added him to a wanted list. Chung's arrival in the UK follows fellow activist Agnes Chow's move to Canada. Has really got me thinking, Linda, this whole situation with Tony Chung. Young fella just like many others having to uproot his life for the sake of his beliefs. It's quite the sacrifice.
1: It's not a decision made lightly, and it speaks volumes about the state of affairs in Hong Kong. The line between national security and personal freedom seems to be blurring, and it's concerning.
0: Absolutely, and it's not just Tony. You've got Agnes Chow and Joshua Wong, all these young activists who've been cornered into self-imposed exile. It's like a metaphorical wall's being built, stifling the voices of dissent.
1: True, Mark. It's interesting to see how they navigate around these constraints, though. Even in exile, their voices are not silenced. They continue their activism, drawing international attention to the issues.
0: Yeah, and countries like the UK, Canada stepping up to offer asylum. It's commendable, and it's stirring the pot in international relations, ain't it? Countries taking a stand for democracy and human rights.
1: Yes, it's a complex web. But it's also a reminder that freedom of expression, the right to dissent, these are not just abstract concepts. They are real, tangible rights that people are willing to risk their lives for.
0: Couldn't agree more, Linda. It's a testament to the human spirit, in it? The struggle for democratic freedoms, for rights, it's universal. And the world's watching. Let's hope we learn something from all of this. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow.
1: Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit Botcaster.ai.